0: and thanks for joining me for another great conversation. As always, I appreciate you guys. My next conversation is one of my favorite ones to have because it's centered around user data privacy on the internet and that's important to me and it should be important to you. For too long, we've been giving companies like Facebook and Google all of our information, all of our data. They've made a killing and we've made nothing from this. My next guest has spent most of his career trying to battle this problem and fight this war. I introduce to you guys the very knowledgeable and very passionate, Joshua Long. Hey, Josh, thanks for joining us here on the podcast today, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I know we had to reschedule, so I'm glad that I was able to get you back because I'm really excited about this conversation we're about to have, man. That's all good. The feeling is wholly mutual
1: here. So thanks for having me.
0: Sweet, sweet. So before we get into you know what you're up to and a little about some of the things that are going on, please let the people know about yourself and what it is that you're currently
1: doing. Of course. Yeah. So uh, my name is Josh and I am the head of marketing for an alternative search engine called uh, Mojik, uh, which is a UK-based crawler index search engine which is something that is quite a rarity when it comes to the web now. I think that a lot of people when you say alternatives to to Google, alternatives to Bing, they'll come up with a bunch of different uh, different names, but the vast majority of these things are not they're not um, actual search engines, like what, what we'd call uh, like a, a proper real search engine. What they are are meta search engines. They they take the results from other search engines and then kind of add something on top of it. Uh, quite often it's no tracking or some kind of uh, charitable aim and serve people with results that way. But Mojik is, is 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 very different in that respect. Like we build our own index. We, we go out and actually find results and build them into a, a back end in order to serve people Results for queries, quite a rarity in the in the in the modern web. But um, I guess to give a, a bit more on myself, like to go a bit deeper on that, like uh, yeah. I uh, am a person who's been working in marketing communications for a good seven, eight years now, and probably about in the middle of that tenure, I started to kind of wake up to the things that I was engaging with on a on a daily basis and uh, the way in which maybe some of the stuff that we have kind of accepted uh, happening when it comes to the provision of products and services is a bit creepy. Like yeah. it, there's there's this, this whole kind of uh, structure that has evolved and that a lot of businesses have um, bought into because it's the way that they go about marketing their products. It's the way that they go about selling them. That is... Not necessarily good for the for the world, for the web for for the way in which we uh, I guess would like to have a system that we can openly access information and openly communicate. Um, and so around about then I started thinking about the ways in which I could maybe leverage the knowledge that I built up, the skills that I built up over time and and kind of direct them more towards a route that was, closer to the the world that I'd like to live in and so um I started off uh my first job that was kind of like a pro-privacy marketing um was with a company that is building a blockchain-based social media network which is which is quite a cool thing like uh censorship resistant like um you own your your stuff like the credentials and things like that are not necessarily old web things okay Um, I was doing that gig for a while and then moved over to working for Mojik. Um, I guess the background to all of this is I believe that something is fundamentally wrong with the way in which we currently kind of uh, look at the web. And uh, I'd like to do my absolute best to move it in a direction that is is better for people.
0: Yeah, I, I actually championed that cause, man. I, I'm with you. I want to go back a little bit, though, that moment when you realized that you know, you were noticing that there was some crazy stuff going on. Was it like direct something that happened to you, or was it just what you were watching your peers do, or or what kind of eureka moment was it?
1: I I think it it, it was it was something that that happened to me. I mean, um, I I don't have very many friends who who uh who work in the same industry as me. Like okay. the people who I like hold uh, like quite dear to myself, they very variegated very when it comes to the 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 stuff that they're up to, um. But I, I think it would have been when I was working at, I mean, I, I don't want to drag any company that I've worked for, obviously like this, um, sure. for me, this is, this is like a, it, it, it's a, I have a structural analysis of the thing. So anybody who's involved in that system, obviously it's not great to be doing it, but at the same time, it's not necessarily their fault. So like, I'm not, the, this is not me trying to slam the company for it at all. But um, I was working at a uh, company that was doing like traditional digital marketing, as much as you can call it traditional, because obviously it's like the last 20 years, basically. Um, and we were experiencing a kind of a downturn year. We were having a little bit more of a difficulty when it came to selling our our, our product, which was, uh, it was an event, um, basically, like trying to get yeah. people to sign up for an event. Sure. Uh, And the person who was uh, kind of the the MD, chief exec, whatever position you want to give this individual, um, was drilling down into the the data a bit more with me and attempting to find ways in which we could do more targeted advertising, like ways in which we could take the characteristics of the audience that we already had and uh, attempt to find like slices of it that we could drill into a little bit more. And... um, there were a few ways in which I guess you could have taken the data that it started to not sit well with me. And, and and, I mean, now I've got to a position where the vast majority of this targeting advertising, maybe actually all of this targeted advertising doesn't really sit well with me at all. But at that point I started to kind of wake up and go, I, it's, it's, it's kind of strange that someone can come to this space. And that space was Facebook at that time. Yeah. They can come there for the, the, their goal is to talk to their friends and to share some silly news articles and to like, to set up some events. And you're just kind of like sat there in the conversation sort of poking them and going like, well, I mean, you've come to this space in order to have this free exchange of information, this free communication stuff. but also, we're aware that you've got this kind of string of behaviors that have happened yeah. before, where you, you you've clicked on a thing, and like some some UIDs, some like kind of tracking code has jumped onto you about that, and 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 you start to think like this is it? It's quite a weird thing for for something which, uh, in the case of Facebook, uh, they were talking about it as like the modern public forum, like the the modern kind of like public space in which you converse, like right it's kind of strange that there's this other thing bubbling up, uh, at at the same time as you're having all that conversation and you're having all of that exchange of information that's sort of like poking you and and pushing you towards these different products and these different things. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's nasty. (laughs) Exactly. And I think the, there was a, the the main thing that um really hammed it home was I was doing a lot of reading at the time. Like I um when I was a lot younger, I used to be very, very into my kind of my sci-fi. Like uh, John Wyndham is a very OG uh, sci-fi like British author. Yeah Philip A. Dick is one that I think people would be more familiar with, like minority report and 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 stuff like that. And um and then I kind of dropped it. Whilst I was at university, I I I stuck solely to like what the The books that we were assigned were and some other kind of like uh, related to my my area of expertise type thing, which was economics reading. Sure. Um, And at the same time, as I kind of uh, started to think more deeply about the ways in which the activities that we were undertaking in the marketing department might be a little bit creepy. Yeah. I was also reading books that that maybe sort of gave me a little bit more of a a, a frame there and, and started to like kind of uncover things for me. Yeah. Um which I think like it, it's it's one thing that um we've got as a big kind of mission statement when it comes to Mojik. I think the a lot of this stuff manages to happen because people are kind of ignorant of it. Like there's there's there's, there's a level of not knowing that happens there. And um educating yourself is like it's the best weapon you can you can possibly have people always ask me when it comes to things around privacy and security like how can which email provider can I use in order to be private or secure and I'm like well there's an answer to that question but the deeper answer to the question is like get yourself to a situation where you don't have to ask me about it right find find a place where you can find materials that you can use to arm yourself in order to have this foundational level of knowledge about the processes that are happening. Yeah. That Allow you to not need to like talk to me about it. Like you can, you can go through the privacy policy of a, of an email provider, or you can go through the, the things that are being put out by somewhere and analyze them yourself. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, it, education is everything when it comes to this stuff for sure
0: yeah I, I agree with you man i think like you you hit you hit on the head that you know most people are just zombied right they basically think that this is a free service but it goes back to that old saying you know if it if it's free then you are the product right you're um so a little bit on me i you in 2019 i started a digital, a digital marketing company on my own and uh-huh. i ran i ran a lot of facebook ads for clients and stuff like that and i think by far what what Wowed most of my clients when I would sit down and talk to them, and we would talk strategy. As the fact that Facebook would allow me to literally nail down to a T, to to you know when they just had a kid, to you know what shows they like, to where the, who they like to, if they had a birthday, if they just got married, how much money they make. It was just, and their their jaws would drop. I mean, as entrepreneurs, the opportunity that they saw that could come of this was just like you know big bucks, cha-ching. But you can tell in the back of the head they were thinking like, wow, like how much information does Facebook have on me, the business owner, never mind the people that we're trying to market to. So I'm with you. I think these companies uh, in the beginning, they offered an innocent service, right, which is a playground for us to hang out, like you said. Um, But that was at a time where we had no other way of kind of having this type of, you know, move through space and time. So at the time, the deal was okay, right? The, the proposition that they made was like, okay, I'll sign up for your service if you're allowing me to do X, Y, Z. But I think what happened along the way was, um, you know, they, they build business models on top of this. They figured out that, you know, if, like you said, if they don't know what's going on, they can just, you know, use our information and sell it off to do something else and build this massive advertising platform. And meanwhile, while they're making these billions on ads, you and I don't get paid a single cent for the contributions that we make to these platforms
1: is it's a very very good point um, I think uh, one one of the one of the things one of the analogies that uh, a lot of people have kind of um, really liked recently was um, I don't know if he said it first but uh, Jaron Lanier who's uh, one of the the people who works for Microsoft I think in the kind of um, like VR sort of area um, he, called, he called data the new oil and like it's I, I, I it, it's it's a difficult One to say, like, this is a a completely correct um, statement because you can't take a a bundle of oil and copy that oil and paste it to another location and still get the same utility out of the two bundles of oil. Like, oil is what we call in economics a a rival good. Once someone's consumed it, someone else cannot consume it. But yeah, it, it is something that has become very much the backbone of like the the consumer capitalist industry online like it's it fuels so much of what happens when it comes to the sale of products and i mean we're talking currently in the context of um covid i don't really know what is currently happening in in the states i am i am i'm in the uk and we're all currently still in a lockdown situation up until i think uh April is when we're supposed to get the first chance of not being in this situation. Yep. Um. And so, online shopping has just gone absolutely yeah yeah. It's they it, pretty much everything is being is being purchased online. Um. One of the stealth things that I think a lot of people uh, don't necessarily push into the same box is uh we have um food delivery services like uh Deliveroo uh okay. Just Eat whatever you want to call it which yeah. are also like creating profiles on you whilst they also algorithmically manage uh, a bunch of employees who are being paid basically nothing in order to deliver things and it's fairly arduous work the thing that you picked up on there the kind of extractive nature of it like that is uh, I think something that it really does kind of require um, an ability to structurally analyze this situation in order to like reach that conclusion. And I mean, I, I kind of, I don't blame people for not wanting to engage with this thing because it's very difficult. Once you start like picking apart and like pulling the corners up and and looking into it, you start to realize that there's a lot of things that you do that like, they're not, they're not really okay. If you were going to view it in kind of a, a, a broad sense, sure, it is difficult. Like people don't like to engage with things that make them feel like they've done bad things because yeah, that's painful. That hurts you. <laughs> exactly, you're right on that. Yeah, I I I,
0: I just you know uh, I'm okay with the extraction nature to a certain point, right? I'm not completely okay with it, but if they were to try to you know reimburse you know, us or, or the creator or the poster or the content engager, if they were to incentivize us, then it would be a fair relationship, in my opinion. It would be, okay, you're giving me the arena, you're giving me the tools, you're giving me, you know, the business page where it gives me analytics, which as a business owner, I could use those analytics now to improve my business and be able to get better. So you're giving me all these tools, but what you're not giving me is, you know, basically royalties on what I bring to the platform, right? So you're, you're calling this free. You're making me come in here. You're telling me to make as much money as I can, but therefore you set the rules that you can censor me. Now I've gone through this perfectly uh, personally, I should say, because I was trying to last year before COVID, I put together a little course on how to start a business and Facebook banned it. Uh, they told me that I was basically, um, basically selling snake oil. They were like, look, you can't do this. You can't t- tell people that you can do this, et cetera. So they banned the account completely. On the other hand, I started to think about all the content all the videos all the engagement that i brought to facebook and that stuff was not banned at all then it was as long as it's in their in their favor it's not in, in in our favor the small guy
1: right so i mean so that cuts to something which is um uh, which is something that we well there's, there's 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 another kind of lens to this that i guess hasn't been a part of what we've been talking about so far okay which- Kind of the the opacity of these platforms when it comes to you being a customer from like any level. So this so this is something to, to, to relate it back to Mojik that we kind of um pride ourselves on is that if somebody comes to us with some kind of a query about uh, search results or functionality yeah. or, or things like that. You will be replied to by a team member. Someone will get back to you and someone will treat whatever it is that you've said with the greatest care because we value the people that have chosen to, to move um, a part or a whole of their searching activity onto a, an alternative search engine. Sure. And I mean, you and I will both have uh, many, many experience of this from different levels, but have you ever tried to uh, push a, uh, a customer service query as a business or a user um, to Facebook or like Google's help desk? Uh, it is a trip because yeah, yeah. they understand that they, they don't need to do any of that kind of like um, good customer facing stuff. Like they can quite easily exist without having to put much money or thought into handling the uh the queries that come in and the complaints that come in they yeah. can basically ignore you because they're gigantic they're yeah a lot of people will um bulk uh, i think especially if they're of a very um Traditional uh, way it's taught in universities, academic view of economics, but um, they are essentially what we would call a monopoly. Like the the the, the theory there, um, a lot of people would say monopoly. You're if you divide it up and you take like the two parts of the, um, I believe Greek word, you would have to have um, one company providing all those services. Now, yeah. I, I I personally don't think that's a useful way of using the word monopoly. And in my it- eyes, you have to uh, you have to understand that um, something verging towards a monopoly should kind of be treated as a monopoly. Also, yeah, absolutely like, got that thing coming down the way. And yeah, they they, they don't care. Like uh, I mean, Facebook is I think kind of um, it's it's dying a very very slow and elongated death right now. I agree. But 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 Google is having just as much success as it ever had and it has countless lawsuits coming up at the moment and I mean you saw what happened with the uh, the news Australia thing for example like that's uh, one example of um, a gigantic industry publishing a gigantic industry uh, Google with I mean like w- w- what exactly would you say they do they do absolutely everything yeah kind of coming together including in some way in order to give the um, kind of illusion that you've had some kind of uh, beneficial outcome for the publishing industry. and Really, it's just like a, a nominal payment going to some gigantic Murdoch corporations. Like, they're the only game in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very big problem. <laughs> it's
0: absolutely terrible. And just to go back a little bit, in that example with Facebook where I got banned, you're right. I, you know, They give you a button where you could basically appeal uh, the reason you got blocked. I get sent it in. I, it must've been just an automated response. Cause all I got back is you messed up our terms and conditions. Here's a link to read on the terms and condition. So then they give you a second shot to release your ad account. And I was like, well, let me try this again. And then they gave me a little field what I could put in. So I typed in, I need some specifics in order to be able to fix what it is that you guys don't agree with. Can you please let me know what that is so I can get back as a small business to try to provide for my, that second one was automated, and since I used up my two on those automations, the account got completely squashed. It got blocked. There was no way for me to recover this, uh, and, and I agree. There's no customer service there. They don't care about the business. When I went to one of my mentors and I told them this, hey, man, they got me blocked and I lost my two appeals, he basically told me this. I told him, I was like, hey, I know a bunch of people that are selling courses like mine. What's happening here? He was like, look, he asked me. He was like, how much are you, are you spending on your advertisement? And I'm like, like a thousand bucks a day? that's the problem he's like you're getting blocked because you're not spending one million dollars a day like these other companies are it's insane
1: and they squashed me i couldn't do anything with it <laughs> it's uh is it uh nietzsche um I, I stare into the void and the void stares back at me like that's what that <laughs> <laughs> i think it might be nietzsche actually <laughs> but um i i think this this kind of cuts to um so you, you said the word censorship and I, I think this is like a, a very valuable lens um, with which you can kind of tie together a lot of people of sort of different um, political opinions and stuff like that because sure. um, so uh, recently uh, we had the uh, the, the capital stuff that went on and a component to that was the um, getting rid of uh, parlor the, the, the alternative social network and like I I prefer not to like kind of dig into the, the sort of like the exact politics of this thing, because I think it kind of obscures the point. So we had um, Parler was, was gone from the Apple store and it was gone from the Google play store. And that was basically two very, very gigantic corporations saying this, um, this thing cannot be a part of our, 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 our stores and, a bunch of people on one side said, yes, this is absolutely great. Get rid of them. Like they're spreading misinformation, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then we moved on a little bit further forward in time and a, a messenger that is very dear to my heart, um, which is Element Messenger, which is uh, based upon a protocol called Matrix. Um, basically, it's a federated messenger. So you might um, be using Signal, for example. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. Signal, uh, love it. But at the same time it is fundamentally uh, a centralized service that if it was to get shut down or honeypotted or something like that we would have a problem okay. element is basically doing a very very similar thing to signal except from it's federated so people can run their own instances so if you and i decided that the things that we're saying in this interview right now were way too spicy um for them to be uh, hosted even on signal we could set up our own little uh, like server and we could converse on there. And unless the, uh, the UK security services decided to come into my house and specifically get that thing, we'd pretty much be fine. We'd, we'd be good. Over. Um, over the course of a weekend, and I mean, it's back up now, but over the course of a weekend, the Google Play Store suspended Element Messenger, which meant that mm. people who were running, uh, who were using um, Android devices, couldn't download it as a standard thing obviously wow. android has the sidestep of the apk thing where you can you can sideload an app you can um Correct. you can download an app, an app without having to involve the the play store mm. and i encourage people to do that all the time likewise like, <laughs> don't bother with the play store like but what you're doing is you're you're making it so that um i mean you, you might have had these situations as well I'm, su- I'm sure you have as an individual who loves technology who who is i uh, definitely up on these things as well you've had situations where you've attempted to um, kind of convert and this is a very like religious way of saying it but i can't yeah. think of how is of saying it. um people who are maybe not necessarily as up on these issues of privacy and security into using something that 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 you're using for me it was signal like i had a mass exodus of friends we were all chatting on a big facebook uh, convo ages ago like maybe 4 6 years ago and i said hey, maybe we should shift this elsewhere. I don't really feel com- comfortable with using Facebook for this stuff. And thankfully, my friends are great people, and they were all willing to humor me. And now, like, there's a decent amount of them that are um, evangelists of, of Signal who will go, yeah, this, this is the better messenger to use. But if we'd been in a situation where Signal... Had been banned from the Google Play Store, and those people have been using Android things. I, I'm not sure that I would have been able to get them to do the APK route. It's like there's extra steps that have been added in here. Yeah, true. So Grounding it back in what what was the 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 the, the thing that I picked up on before I went on this uh, <laughs> this 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 big rant around censorship, like it cuts both ways. Like the 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 problem is you can cheer for your political side, having one in some way against the forces of the other one, uh, when it comes to the banning of an app from an app store. But the bigger problem here is that Google has the ability to ban that app from the app store. Like that's, it's not a good thing. We should not be putting our trust in them in any way, shape or form when it comes to that process. Like.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's scary. Yeah. Here we had the, you know, obviously the president Trump thing where they removed them off of Twitter. And, you know, I, you know, if anybody listens to this podcast know that I'm not the biggest Donald Trump fan for whatever reason, but that's irrelevant to the point, right? The point is, is that you are no, you're doing no different Twitter, no different Google, no different Facebook than in the medieval times with the book burnings, right? Like you're trying to basically exile a whole part of a population to learn, You know, to basically leave it up to them if what they believe and what they're reading is true or false. You can't be the orator of information um, unless you declare yourself a publisher. Uh, You can do that and just start paying people, which I think is where we're going here. Twitter's latest announcement of being able to pay people for their tweets or whatever, I think is a direction. And these companies kind of doing the okie doke, right, where it was like, oh, we're getting a lot of heat for banning people. But if we you know open this platform up for people to start getting paid for these things or whatever, then therefore we are more of a of a publisher than we are anything else. And then that kind of gives us a little more gray area to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little bit ahead of even that because I feel with you know 2020 being, you know what it was and where people having more time to realize these you know, things that you and I have probably picked up on for a little while now. We get to the point now where we see things like what Bitcoin is doing, right? What, what blockchain technology is doing, right? And now we're at the point, I feel, where it's like, well, wait a minute. When I signed up with you, Facebook, and I signed up with you, Google, I needed you to, to facilitate this exchange because there was nothing out. Now on the, now we have a way to do this without the middleman, without having to trust anybody without. And I think this is where the landscape slides over and says, okay, you know, the, the face you said it a little while ago, Facebook is burning slowly, and I think it's because of this. I think people are realizing that we have been giving them all the power. Um, in the beginning, we were dumb, we didn't know, and now it's forcefully. Now we, we're so embedded in these ecosystems that it's really hard to pull our businesses out of it. And it's really poor, hard to pull ourselves out of it. So it's like this new mass awakening of people that are just realizing that, you know, we need to decentralize these big platforms and they're way too powerful, especially here in the States when they got a bunch of lobbyists sitting in D.C., um, you know, flooding millions and millions of dollars and getting their way. I mean, Amazon wouldn't be Amazon if they weren't able to manipulate, you know, politics, if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, Lord, Yes. <laughs> i went on a rant there i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 like no because like uh, we we have uh, a, a a pretty identical understanding of, of of the problematic stuff when it comes to the interrelation between right i mean it, it, it the the uh america is like the the kind of um patient zero when it comes to this stuff uh, at least like in the uk where we are taking a lot of direction when it comes to what happens in in your country but yeah um it's very, very disconcerting that companies like Facebook, like Google, can essentially hire some talent uh, in order to press politicians to do things for them. Like that, yeah. that, that fundamentally uh, undermines the idea of democracy in such such a big way. Because, like, at the end of the day you and I are a unit of one and we might maybe bundle together with a bunch of other people who have a similar kind of analysis of things. And maybe we've got a bit more power, but we will not beat these gigantic corporations because they have these stupid quantities of money. Like they can always, always flesh up more. And, and, and it's, yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I don't know if you've uh, been kind of following the recent sort of uh, appointments when it comes to um, Biden. Like speaking specifically on a, US politics is actually something that, that I do follow a, to a decent degree and ha- have been for, for, for a good like eight years now. So, nice. um, so I feel like I can, I can speak on this. But um, uh, one of the appointments to the, um, the department, I think, that is doing the work around antitrust, like going forwards, um, is a guy called Tim Wu. And so I don't know if you've you've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like like up until the point at which Tim Wu was announced, I was kind of um, I was very very uh, down on on Biden's attitude towards uh, actions that could be taken against these companies or things the the way in which the uh, the U.S. government could play that would maybe not favor them so much, but um. Attention Markets is an absolutely great book um, and The Curse of Bigness is one that I read very recently as well. I think that man is a a very good appointment because he has the same kind of analysis that you and I have been talking about recently and it's it's not a common thing to be held between people who are appointed to those positions like they normally either have um have an understanding of the system that doesn't kind of challenge it in the same way that we're talking about. Sure. Alternatively, they're just willing to take the paycheck and just don't really care too much about, about like what, what, what's going on there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, something really, really, really has to give because yeah. we are sliding into a situation where like know, Google bought Fitbit recently and Dude. like that that uh, my sister has a fitbit her partner has a fitbit like i could so many friends of mine have device that is monitoring like their heart rate and like understanding when they go for a run and stuff like that and the, the thing that i always kind of um try and underline these conversations with because a lot of people uh when you talk about that stuff they say Oh, you're just being sensationalist. Like, there's there's nothing that can be done with this data at the moment. Like, it's uh, what you're doing is you're trying to make me paranoid about this purchase that I've made or, or something like that. Yeah. And but it, it's 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 not about the technology that's there now. Like, if you give me twenty terabytes worth of data about yourself uh, today, I can take that hard drive and I can store it and I can wait up until the point where I have the technology to use it against you in a big way. Like. Yeah yeah and i mean google is just a a machine for hoovering up companies
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and if you want to bring it to a a a moment to argue their point there uh it is because at the very least they could pay you for the data they're taking from you now in the moment uh you know if you want to think about it locally instead of you know long distance or whatever see but i've already you know you know i'm big into into bitcoin specifically so there's a term in bitcoin that has really caught my attention lately in all avenues. Right. And you, you know, not to single out any single politician, but it's the don't trust verify. <laughs> um, so I, I'm really I, I even if you're optimistic about a certain politician or I'm optimistic about a certain politician, I still think that these companies have endless pockets and it's only a matter of time before that politician gets to his, his price or her price. And is able to, you know, get manipulated in a sense. But on the other hand, when you have a trustless technology, right, when you have this blockchain or when you have this information that is completely transparent and nobody can change it, these smart contracts with Ethereum and these things that are coming out. I think that will eventually beat over the average human politician, because then us as people don't necessarily have to trust anybody. We just need to verify that the information that they're saying is true. And, and, and I'm very on that end, right? Like, I'm, I'm a little bit past the point where I'm putting all my marbles on a human being to figure out these problems, right? And, and, the, and the, I guess the proof of work would be what Bitcoin is doing to, to the financial system. It's literally mastered money. It's done gold better than gold can do. Right. And then I don't need to sit here and wait for anybody to tell me the truth of the matter, which is, hey, you gave me this much or you're worth this much or your X amount of this much. I can actually go and get that information myself and verify it. And then I don't have to, you know, take Josh's word for it. I just know that Josh is worth X amount of currency or whatever. And and I think that on a bigger scale, when we talk about smart contracts and we move away from finances, you know, I like to imagine a world uh, where I was talking to Nick, I think you told me you you heard that interview, but where we were talking about, imagine going to the doctor's office and you guys have a multi-sig for your medical record, right? And nothing could get added to this medical record or removed from this medical record unless both keys sign for that change to happen, right? We can't do that right now. So a lot of things happen. And I work at a hospital, so I know these things. HEPA violations happen where people get into other people's medical records and steal their information. Um, I heard this crazy story the other day where um, there was an employee who got a Moderna vaccine and then got the other one. I forgot what the other name of the Pfizer one, right? Is it- yeah, right. And you're not supposed to, I guess, mismatch these things. So he called the human resources the, 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 and said, hey, what's happening here? And I kid you not, Josh, his response was this. Don't worry about it. I'll just get somebody in IT to switch it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was just like, I was like, a, a medical record? Somebody from IT is going to switch a stat? And that's what got me thinking about that whole, like, wait, we need some type of multi-sig. We need some, some type of trustless way to be able to handle all this type of information. And you name it, the, the niche, real estate. You know, I just bought a house. It took like 15 days, uh, excuse me, 15 days worth of paperwork to get this thing done. And I'm like, why hasn't this been polished out, right? And then the, the lawyer still screwed it up. So it was like, if I was trusting a machine, and I know that's very scary because I'm also into sci-fi and I've seen Terminator and I've seen, <laughs> so I understand what that, that avenue goes. But in my opinion, these problems that are, you know, political problems, uh, social problems, global global problems, all are happening because we have outdated ways of trusting, you know, these certain entities. We don't know what's real anymore. We don't know what's news anymore. Uh, we don't know what's accurate anymore. We follow, you know, some people think that the world is flat. We have this weird. Thing now where we don't know what's true and what's not true, and I don't think a politician can solve that, man. After that long rant,
1: sorry, <laughs> that, 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 that's absolutely fine. I, so I, I think one thing that um, that uh, I kind of uh, what I I, that I thought about um, when it comes to don't trust verify is that like this um this ethos is something that I think goes like maybe a bit deeper than kind of just the technology because. One of the one of the things that we've kind of fallen into the trap of, uh, I think, time and time again, is is not necessarily bundling in the uh, the the proof of work, like almost like the human proof of work, into our decision making system, and like kind of gone for the the trusting over the verifying. But yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I mean, I I completely agree that there's um. There is a, a blindness when it comes to uh, the way in which people view the world um, that 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 people think that maybe this one individual is gonna like solve all of that stuff and it's just it, it's it, it's not true. It's never been true. Like right. we've been we've been consistently sold narratives time and time again, and the narrative is maybe like modulated or changed a little bit, but it's. Uh... <laughs> i mean we're still in a very very problematic world which does not seem yeah does not seem to be converging towards something that is like a stable state or like a better state the the francis fukuyama was kind of wrong like the end of history has not happened my friend
0: (laughs) no no i'm actually if you want to talk about optimism i'm excited for what's to come um it's gonna be scary and things are gonna shift really bad but you know, I, I like to tell a buddy of mine is that these next few wars, and you would agree since you know all about big data and you know all about these, uh, these companies, these, ne- these next wars are not going to be fought with gunpowder, man. These are going to be fought with servers, with coders, um, with a bunch of that stuff going back and forth and who can do it better and who can do it first. Um, and, and we're, I'm actually excited, man. I mean, I'm a geek and I'm into all the tech stuff. So I'm excited. I talked to a few people about this stuff and they look at me like, <laughs> I'm just some type of weird guy, but, um, yeah, I, I, I t- you know, Oh, I'm going to go. Uh, my buddy's like, I'm just going to go get three months worth of ammunition. Now there's definitely still a place for ammunition. I'm not saying not at all. Um, but what I told him is like, look, man, if you took, if you think about these networks and how big they're getting and how distributed they're getting peer to peer, What are you going to do? Are you just going to go in and just shoot one coder? I mean, how are you going to stop anything big that you you won't be able to, man? I mean, there's millions of copies all over the world for the same reason that Bitcoin is so secure. I keep going back to that, but that's the best example. Um, Once again, unless you wipe out the world, you know, internet or the world electricity for long periods of time, not only like a day or two, like for good, um, you can't really do much with your gunpowder. You're not going to get very far. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't. I'm <laughs> so,
1: um, p- picking up on something that you said just there, with like the the next war is is going is going to be fought like uh, in in the data sphere. Yeah. Um, one of the books that I picked up recently, and it was something that I read like uh when it was uh, around about when it was released, um, but like went back to again just because I think it's it's such a great book is uh, Bruce Schneier's uh, Click Here to Kill Everybody. I don't know if you've uh, if you're no. familiar. So uh, Bruce Schneier is a, a, a US um, cryptographer, uh, I think is probably the best way that you'd tell him, is an individual who's very, very um, interested in the area of security. Okay. And um, this book is all about, like, we're talking about a book that was written like maybe a good four years ago, and the issues which are discussed in it have, have become nothing but more pertinent now. Um, it's about how basically everything is becoming a computer. Yeah. Like everything is becoming a computer. Like my house, um, I have a very tight hold on my network uh, and uh, I, I do my absolute best. It's just myself and my partner to uh, to not introduce any uh, devices that I'm not familiar with. And if I have an internet of things type device on the network, it goes on a separate router. It does not, it, it's dealt with in a different way because they try and call home all the time. Like, I don't know if you've seen your logs from your smart TV, but it's a yeah. bit nuts. Yeah, uh, it is. But yeah, he, he talks about how uh, the the model that we've currently accepted for kind of software development is all about patching. It's not like uh, what Microsoft do with, uh, I guess what you call like Waterfall, where you, you release a new update every one and a half years. And it's like a very, very big update to the system. It's been tested over and over again and you've you've been very very like careful in the building up of that thing so that you know when it's released it's going to work it's going to be fine like the security is all good the vast majority of things and this is because we have put computers in absolutely everything and therefore we are making it so that the uh, teams that are behind the development of this software are not necessarily as adept or maybe the better way to say it is that the they're if you're creating so many different teams who are who are making software, and there's so many different varied pieces, and they're going to go everywhere, it's a bit more difficult to kind of ensure that security. Sure, but basically the the patching system that we have now for the vast majority of software, when it comes to security and functionality, is inherently ridiculously insecure. Like uh, your your TV is probably got a bunch of different ways in which it could get messed into hacked into right now and the point at which those things are going to be fixed are when they're found out when somebody posts that that insecurity exists and then the company decides that they're going to address it right so yeah no i i, I completely agree that like the, the the we could be sitting in a situation where 10 years from now the the war that's going on using the air quotes the war is uh I don't know. Let let pick one of the the the, the typical enemies of the West type thing. Uh, Russia has decided that they're just gonna make it so that like everybody in Michigan can't access Netflix. Like boom, there you go. Yeah. That 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 that's our bomb. Is uh, it's not <laughs> information, but it's like a de-information bomb. Right, right. It's a discomfort that, thing. <laughs> but i I mean have you uh, have you talked to people when they haven't been able to access their favorite streaming service they yeah i'm a dad man
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah of course yeah 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 yeah. yeah. no and and i mean just on a broader scale what allegedly what they've done with you know the u.s politics right and the the trolls and the bots that they've inserted to kind of stir narratives and stuff like that so i mean It's yeah. I mean, I think it was a few weeks ago where there was a plant, a water treatment plant in Florida that got hacked. Um, They didn't say where the hack originated from. I don't even think they knew, to be honest. And um, and that's another uh, a different way to be able to attack people from a distance, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's insane. But the more we have to trust these middle entities and these old ways, like you said, software, these old ways of just handling and transacting and communicating, uh, the longer we do this, the more we empower these companies. The more we, you know, give them endless amounts of money. Who cares about a lawsuit when you have an unlimited amount of money? Yeah. <laughs> So they could get sued to forever, but business continues as usual. Um, I used to code Android apps a few years ago, so I I have a little bit of underneath uh, underneath the hood experience. And, um, yeah, what you're able to do with these APIs and what you're able to scope out uh, and the information that you're able to collect through the app itself without the user even knowing – Um, until you get caught, like you said, right? Because then you can get caught, and then Google can say, oh, well, you can't use that API no more, but here's a new one. And they kind of give you, like, another backdoor, if that makes any sense. So it's an endless game that I don't think the average person even realizes is going on. I mean, it's the fact that – and I don't want to leave Apple out of this equation because we haven't talked much about Apple in this conversation, but they're at it too. Like, I have an Apple smartwatch, and – for, for one, there isn't one second that goes by that I don't think to myself, oh, crap, you know, I'm, I'm giving these guys valuable information about myself that they're just extracting for free. Uh, a matter of fact, I paid them to give my data away in, in a yeah. weird, super weird exchange there
1: where I paid to get extracted from. <laughs> it's nuts. It's It's absolutely nuts. And it's it's something that um, has just uh, it's it's managed to captivate this mind space like there. it's it 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 seems easier to imagine like the end of the internet than to imagine an internet that is not dominated by yeah. monopolies which is that's an issue because you could you could very easily provide this thing without having to have that situation like it, right. it it's been inserted into it it is something that we have allowed to happen off the back of these gigantic data hoovering models Um, and it it could be very different and and it would be a lot better for you the consumer if uh, you had a situation where five six seven different search engines were competing in order to provide you with the service rather than the gateway to the web yeah yeah
0: yeah and then they build all those convenience features in there like i was talking to my sister the other day just because i got this m1 mac And she was telling me how, you know, Safari runs really good on the M1. And I'm like, I hate Chrome, but they it's so tied to my business with the convenience that they've given me that I just downloaded Chrome. I went ahead and downloaded Chrome and not to say Safari is any better than Chrome, but I know there's better options out there. Right. And it's just one of those things where, you know, all the features they add to it um, are helpful to my business. And it's, it's not to make an excuse. It's just a lot of hard work to try to muster up, to try to go bring that somewhere else, you know?
1: It's it, it's the many many different kind of competing uh, views that come into the situation of deciding what the thing is that you're going to use. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: So how do you how do you guys? Because it's obviously an uphill battle at Mojik, right? Because you guys are facing these companies that have endless pockets. So how do you how, how do you even the, the playing field? How how do you guys compete?
1: Well, so. Um, for me, as an individual who has marketing in like the title of my name, I actually find this to be quite an enjoyable, um, like it, it's a very, very good company to work for because the, the challenger status means that you you don't do all of that, like pushing people off, ignoring people, customer service stuff. Like you actually have to listen to people and kind of understand the people who are using the stuff that you're putting out so for us um at the moment obviously index building is a gigantic thing like we understand that we are one of basically seven crawler index search engines in the entirety of the world and when it comes to um the 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 size of 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 index like we are we're 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 up there a decent way like uh, there's um Google on stupid quantity of pages being on about 11 billion and we're around about four and we've got massive targets when it comes to expanding our index. But um, the way in which we currently aim to do our our competing um, is by very much listening to the people who are using the service and uh, kind of expanding it in a way which suits their needs. We understand that we have kind of like quite a, a niche group of individuals at the moment who are, into using Mojik in order to to, to surf the web and uh, we we look to uh, take their feedback and uh, and 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 take the the ways in which they use the service and 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 move it towards something that like would would work better for them um, which awesome. is I mean it's a yeah, it, it, it's very much a, um, uh, a kind of a, a user-led development thing. So anytime that somebody sends an email in that has some kind of a comment about a way in which we could improve the service, if that had gone to Google, it would be lost in the void. If it comes to us, we take some great consideration over the idea and consider like chucking it into the pile. I mean, we're a very, very small team. We're about seven people. Yeah. Um, but. We, we 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 are always looking to be kind of community led when it comes to the way in which we we build and we grow um yeah. but yeah i mean it's it it's a very very long arc over which we aim to to get to the point at which we are in the same kind of mind space as, as google but i mean we, we would never want anybody to be using mojik as a as a verb i think that that is a i mean, <laughs> we as a group, I think that that is a that's a fundamentally a bad thing. If your service becomes a, a verb, then you're probably in a dominant position. That means that that something is fundamentally broken. Sure. Um, in, on top of that, we keep touting our values. We are we are not tracking people. We we do not collect data. We are fundamentally private. We are small not big when it comes to the the tech angle of things and we're always looking to up, uplift uh similar businesses and charities who are working in the space because i mean this is they, 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 there needs to be some kind of uh solidarity when it comes to different entities working in this space if we're gonna aim to tackle the the goliath that is the the the, the google um, right. Yeah, that, that that that's that's the way we go about things. It's it's um it's very much a case of putting as much resource as we can into building up that big property, which is which is the index and continuing to crawl and index the web so that we don't end up in a situation where there is basically the Microsoft search engine, the Google search engine, and then the Russian search engine and the Chinese search engine, and that yeah. is everything.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love the fact that you, uh, you know, the, the, that user community, right. They, oh, it, it makes the user feel like they're a part of building and, and, you know, more like more lifetime, basically more, you know, you'll get them for longer if they feel like they're a part of the project is what I'm trying to say. So super cool on that. And now, if you were explaining it to a five-year-old, um, can you explain to the listeners the difficulty or, or the process of building an index and what an index even is?
1: Of course. Yeah. So, um, I guess you can divide up a search engine into basically three parts. Okay. Have a crawler, which is like an internet bot that goes out to the web. It finds a web page that you want to put into this index. It grabs a bunch of bits from it and says, okay, so these are the parts of the web page that are relevant, kind of takes that bundle and passes it over to another process. That's basically all that a crawler does. It's like you when you go and browse pages. It's the same process, except from like some of that information is kind of being bundled up and chucked across to another thing. Okay. Crawlers they don't do. Uh, they don't take up anywhere near as much of the kind of energy and uh, the 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 time commitment that the index side of things does. But very valuable process because without that you don't have the information that gets inserted into an index. Okay. Now. The index is the repository of all of these different aspects that that the crawlers have pulled from web pages. That is the thing that you query when you do a search. So when you put your terms into the box on whichever search engine you're 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 looking for things on, mm-hmm. those terms get taken back to the index. Relevant things get found, they get ranked, and then you get your results. So your index is basically like uh, if you have a library. The content of the books, that's the index. The information, the actual stuff that needs to be used in order to answer whatever question it is that you're putting into that search box. Okay. And is it the bots that gets that information? The critters? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. yeah. so they say, yeah, the the, the caller... Um, Quality. Uh, the the crawler is getting the um we also call them like a spider. That's a, yeah. I've that's heard I've heard the spider. Okay. Yeah, cool. The spider spider is like um spider or crawler, whichever one you want to say. Yeah. But um, they've done the the kind of active process of, of of uh finding the things that are relevant, and then the index is is the things that are relevant kind of inserted into a data structure that is easy to to command queries to. Gotcha. So that index needs to be like built in a way that it's very, very easy for you to go, Hey, uh, Rolex watch. And it goes, ah, oh, Rolex watch. Uh, I, I know exactly what you want, my friend. Gotcha. <laughs> and then the final, just to, to complete the triumvirate that is, uh, the search engine stuff is, uh, ranking. So the algorithm, so there needs to be some way in which you can make it so that, um, results that are more likely to be relevant come higher up. So, when you query the index by putting like that command into the, into the search box and it goes back to it, those results that are deemed to be relevant, say there's 100 things that are all supposed to match the query of Rolex watches. There needs to be some kind of way in which you can sort through them and go like, ah, this one is probably going to be more relevant than this one. And there are so many different factors that go into that process of like observing those results. You could have, for example, um, Freshness is is something that you could say you'd like how recently was the page crawled, or alternatively, um, how recently was the page updated? If we weren't going by 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 the crawl, we were just going like uh how how recently was extra content added to it? That could be yeah. something that was like an up ranking factor. Um and all of those three things come together in order to to build your search engine. The the thing that uh, we've seen quite a lot recently and this uh, has especially been a big thing in the privacy space, uh, like the last like 10, 15 years is um, entities like DuckDuckGo, for example, yep. or StartPage who don't do the process of crawling and indexing, but do, do the process of the ranking algorithm thing. And the way in which they're able to do this gotcha. is that, a bunch of search engines, but especially Microsoft Bing, are quite willing to uh, allow you to use their index, providing you have like a relationship with them. So that's DuckDuckGo, du- for example. They will serve you results from Bing and Yandex, and obviously they don't track you, and they will have their own kind of ranking algorithm. That's like how that process works. And mm-hmm. I guess the issue is, like we were talking about earlier, um, the app store on apple and the app store on google being able to ban you if there is just an index from google and an index from bing then that means if they didn't like your business course (laughs) it would not exist on the on the web it would just not be in any way available from anywhere and uh, this is the value of having multiple different indexes of the web because different crawlers will be looking for different things they might happen Stanchly come upon content that other places wouldn't go they might be directed like in the example of yandex it's possible that yandex would it's definite that yandex would prioritize russian results over other results like they're definitely looking for russian content sure also it's possible that there might be some government influence that would say that certain things politically might not end up in the index because like certain factors might make it so that that does or does not happen yeah yeah um, so the, <laughs> basically what i'm saying is that they, they it's very very valuable for that process to be undertaken by more than one entity and my preference would be for a lot of them to be doing this and it's a sad fact that as the web has grown grown older we've had fewer and fewer um, undertakings of this process because when it comes to building, there, there is a certain amount of web pages right now as we're speaking. And, and, and now there's probably more and now there's probably more and now there's probably more. Um, you're, you're never going to have something that is comprehensive and has 100% of them. That's the most ridiculous thing. Like that would be so unbelievably difficult. But different companies that go and do that process of crawling... Are going to look for different things they're going to prioritize different things they're going to eventually rank them differently as well yeah And there needs to be more than one repository of that information and ideally there needs to be more than i mean like, there would be no number at which you would say yes you've done that enough times like uh, i i think that there you cannot you cannot put all of your eggs in one basket on this in this thing and you can't put your eggs in two baskets you can't put them in five like they it's very valuable to have a bunch of different companies organizations entities whatever you want to call them doing that process of actually going out to all of these lovely open information websites that we have and going yeah build that put it in the index someone can come and call
0: Yeah. Lost you for a second, but back. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. Okay. I'm yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah I, You were just at the end of that. I was able to get the whole thing. Uh, my, but, que- my, my question would be is on, on that same example is, is, and this is just thinking out loud. You guys may have already thought about this. Uh, decentralizing that index. Is that a possibility to have as many copies of this index as possible so that, you know, if I were to type a search query, I couldn't be blocked by, say, a government or, say, you know, uh, uh, an area.
1: It would would that be feasible? I so um I think that there's there's kind of there's there's two ways that I think you could you could probably apply decentralization to this process. One okay. of them, which, which is also quite interesting, is the process of um, like crawling, like being able to take crawling and making it so that it wasn't necessarily something that was being done by. The spiders that were, ha- were 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 crawling from the servers that we are running, that that also like quite a cool thing. But what you're talking about is basically having different instances that that could not necessarily um, be blocked. I mean, at the moment we are not in a situation in the UK where, um, well, not in the UK, like just globally, but, sure. but the UK is is relevant for the law side of things. We're not in a situation where anybody is attempting to block access to our index aside from probably the great firewall of of China and maybe like there are some other uh, countries so I get I guess that there is there are there are ways in which you could probably um, undertake access that would be decentralized that would would have some benefit there I mean it's something like we are very about open access to information like sure. that is one of the one of the maybe like, five core values that kind of underpin the things that we do. And so if we saw that there were gigantic quantities of people or like even large quantities of people, if there were people who were being blocked from accessing our service and there was a way in which we could kind of cut around that and make it so that they did have a true alternative in search. So they had another index that they could query aside from being in Google, then we would, we would go about it. Um, I think the thing is, uh, at least w- when it comes to search, we don't currently have a very, very clear way of applying that to what we do. I, I guess because it's it's um, it's a very, very interesting process, and it has like a lot of kind of tradition baked into it. Um, and also, yeah, it- it's a need thing at the moment. Like we've we've not seen that need, but uh, gotcha. I. I guarantee you right now that if we were to find that there was that need and we could find a way of of, of making it so that uh, so that people weren't blocked from that access, then yeah, we would we would go about it. This is uh, this is all about access to information, and uh, it's it's completely pivotal when it comes to your ability to be an informed citizen within society. Like yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Now, on, and I don't know how much of this you can even provide, but on, you know, I thought about this with DuckDuckGo. So on, you know, h- h- how do you guys have a business model where you're basically, you know, not tracking anybody, so therefore you can't advertise to them all this? So how do you guys make revenue? How do you guys pay yourselves?
1: Uh, how does that work out? It's it's super interesting because up until the point at which we had uh, like the web and, and, and Google and Facebook's models, all advertising was contextual. So okay. <laughs> True. Okay. all advertising was about like, I will put an advert out on the radio because I know that this specific program will attract mainly people in their 40s or something like that. And then we, we fast forward to the point at which we have the web and all of a sudden, no, all advertising has to have very, very specific targeting. because yeah. <laughs> You're right um, you're right <laughs> so we very recently have rolled out contextual ads in the same way that that duck go do it in the same way that the start page do it like uh, there is um there is an advert that will appear when somebody searches for something in a in a contextual fashion because search is something that you have expressed intent yeah you are going to put something in a box that shows that you are looking for a thing and so if somebody is going to be willing to pay to escalate their um, specific provision of a service or a product, yeah. then we're more than happy to do that because there's, there's no, there's no data involved when it comes to us in that process. When we don't have to get that, you, that, that you are of a certain age living in a certain place, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 That's, that's not necessary in order to right. do it. So, that is one of the the, the the pillars of kind of the the way in which we are uh, currently um, working to, to, to generate revenue um, on top of that we also have API access so it it, it, it can be it's not a, um, a, a small amount of money that would come through people actually wanting to query our index being one of uh, very very few. Uh, crawler index based services like we do have people who are willing to pay for access to that but I mean on top of that we're a very forward-looking team when it comes to models for the web like one of my persistent bugbears over the course of like this period in which I've been thinking about these things quite deeply is that they're are very few viable models for the web that we're kind of happy with and have seemed to have got to a a place where like they they are operational and so anytime something comes up which is new and interesting and obviously doesn't go against our our core values we're, we're willing to investigate it and there are a few things that we've been looking at recently nothing is really shone to the point at which i could give you a gigantic primer on it now but people are working on this and we can have the contextual ad model that's not anywhere near as creepy as the targeted ad model like it's it, it's a much 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 better situation it's it's more of a poster in a clubhouse than a someone right. looking at all of your medical records in order to recommend you like a whatever strange drug name it is that the, 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 they would try and give you um but yeah, we 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 are kind of having to sort of uh, cobble together some different revenue routes, and like, like I, I mean, I think that's that's quite a good thing. Uh, I agree. It, it means that we're not we're not we're not relying upon this one thing, and like attempting to hone it to the to to make this tool of targeted advertising as sharp as possible, so that we can have really really horrible effects upon society right it it it, it fundamentally forces us to be kind of accountable like not kind of accountable actually accountable um we have to make the contextual ads route work. We have to be accountable to our customers and it has to be both sides of the coin as well. Like it's not just us using people's queries in order to make value for businesses. No, we have to make it so that the search results are good, but also the businesses who are paying us are getting like a a, a decent amount of traffic and we have to like uh, work all of these different things. It's, it's very exciting, and it's also yeah. a process that should have happened a long time ago with the web itself, but instead we went down a very dark path. Very, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: unethical marketing is the dark path that we went down. <laughs> so I, I, I like it. you guys went back to the more
1: ethical side of things on the marketing end. Go ahead, okay. you were saying. <laughs> completely. I mean, we, um, we it, it, it's just it's completely not in our DNA, and I say that as not like a, um, a, a we that a lot of people use when they talk about like the sure. work for, like yeah. as a group of individuals, proud of- every single person that I work with is fundamentally uh, has a very, very, very similar kind of analysis of this thing to me. And it, it's, it's really like, it's been one of the greatest things actually about working at Mojik is the, is the, is the fact that like, I don't have to, explain that fundamental foundational aspect of what I believe and why I believe it because yeah. everyone has that as a given and nice. then we build on top of it. It's, it, it's, it's very beautiful, actually. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And in a
0: way you future-proofed yourself because, um, and the direction we're we're going, where the average person is waking up to all this privacy infringement that's going on. You guys have set up a model now to where people can trust you guys and you you didn't put all your eggs in the basket of the unethical side meaning so you know if there was a business that relied on their targeting on Facebook to bring in the majority of their revenue now when people start to shift the into more privacy those avenues are going to be worthless and these people are going to find themselves losing a bunch of money because they relied on that unethical data tracking marketing um, and we're heading into a world where people are going to be more tight with their data and more you know signal all those things right we're going to be more aware of the, the exchange that's going on so kudos to you guys you've definitely future-proofed yourself in my opinion uh and it's incredible it's incredible
1: here's to the future
0: <laughs> yeah man well that, that's going to lead into my next question so all right with all the information you've amassed in your previous jobs uh everything you've seen you know last year in a crazy year uh and everything you've seen here at moji where do we go from here what, what's the future of privacy on the internet in your opinion
1: Oh, such a question um so i i think that um when it comes to a lot of the uh a lot of the social network stuff um i think one of the weirdest trends that has has happened over the pandemic is that a lot of people have been turning off more from like the the what we would call i keep on using the word traditional when it comes to this stuff and like i'm I turned 30 this year, so I <laughs> understand like like focus that word traditional in the context of somebody who uh had uh the, the, the web kind of arise whilst I was growing up. Like it is traditional to me because I know I'm no. with <laughs> you. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> but, um, and things
0: things in tech move fast too. So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They move
1: stupidly fast. But um <laughs> Yeah, uh, people have been mov- moving away from, uh, e- in a big way. People have been moving away from like the traditional social for managing um, a lot of what they do within their kind of friendships and, and stuff like that. Which which I think is fundamentally a good thing. People have been kind of moving more towards um, instant messaging type things, like less of the 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 public platform person as public constant thing which 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 i think is a good thing i'd like to see people go kind of further with that and start to look at the the ways in which you can um maybe facilitate a social life that does not involve a consistent public persona um that is being used to constantly like build an and and add targeting platform off the back of you and, and stuff like that 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 would be great that's not necessarily like a good reflection on something that is really, really future facing, but it's a, it's a trend that I've observed. And I think like that is, that is fundamentally a good thing when it comes to sort of the, the future of, uh, privacy, I think people are becoming more and more aware of the value of their data. And that is fundamentally a very powerful thing because when you understand that giving away characteristics of yourself is worth money, you start to put a numerical value on something. And then that allows you to make these kind of uh, higher level decisions around whether or not something, something is, is worth something because you're, you're building value for someone else. And I think that the way that the narrative has been going, and I thank uh, a decent whack of journalists and a decent whack of activists for this because they've pushed the conversation along. I think we're getting into a space where people start to not bother with some of these uh, attention-grabbing avenues because they have this more fundamental... Structural understanding of the processes which are happening around these comments, these likes, and don't don't click like is one of the best things that you can do for your mental health. But also, it's one of the best things you can do when it comes to um, moving away from a system which is fundamentally like an extractive data system. Sure. I think that, that people are becoming more and more aware. And that awareness is turning them off from these platforms. And I think that we are not going to go backwards from this point. We are going to go forwards. And that can only be a good thing for the teams and services that are true to their word when it comes to the good business that they do, the 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 non-big data model, Um, non-tracking, non-surveillance services, like ourselves, like a bunch of other people who are providing those things. Um, And I mean, was it Signal added something like 20 million users across the course of very, very little time because of basically an Elon Musk tweet? Like, what that screams to me is that a bunch of people were more than willing to use Signal in the first place, (laughs) they didn't really know about it or they didn't have the social proof that allowed them to go, yeah, this is the service, go for it. I see a lot of people like myself or yourself who have this understanding of things, pinging their networks of friends and moving them on to platforms that are not doing this exploitative stuff. And therefore, us slowly loosening the grip of big tech on our lives and I mean that is both a prognostication but also a hopeful vision for the future because like this is the this is this is what I want I had my um my 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 dad uh has uh made comments about my uncle who is way more of a techie than him um, having uh, an Alexa hooked up to Sonos in his house and talking about how like that is a problematic thing. And like, he's a, he's a 61, 62 year old <laughs> who is making comments about the way in which surveillance devices are being placed in our homes. Yeah. If that awareness can happen when it comes to my 62 year old father, then that awareness can definitely happen down the ticket from there. Oh yeah. If you are listening to this and you have um, this kind of understanding, then the best advice I think I can give you is spread it. Like in the least, um, don't 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 be someone who is attempting to look down on people because of the the, the anti privacy practices they're doing or anything like that. Be a helping hand in this situation, and we can all move collectively towards a situation where. We have tech that is used by us, but not using us, if that makes sense.
0: It does, it does. Um, I've been very excited to something in that same sphere. Uh, By the way, I laugh uh, about the story about your dad because I just, uh, uh, a few weeks ago, got my dad into Bitcoin, and I, I was also blown away that he was willing to see the value and something that you know people his age look at, like why I could just go buy gold. Why?
1: <laughs> write older people off. That's they like they they they're surprisingly good when it comes to this stuff. Like you just have to like give them give them the information. <laughs> They'll get into it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but as a creator, right? As a podcaster, as a writer, as all these things, uh, I've been very interested in you know um there's i don't know if you're familiar with the lightning network on bitcoin uh, which is just yeah. a okay second protocol layer so i'm part of a sphinx tribe where basically people could come in the room and I get streamed Satoshis through the Lightning Network for, you know, every minute that they listen to the podcast or, you know, every, you know, when they're in there communicating with the other members of the group, then it would cost you one Satoshi for every single message you put. Um, we could boost each other up and give each other. So it's this natural value for value exchange is happening where there's no middle right there Sphinx is not taking a piece of, uh, a piece of this uh, Twitter's not there taking a cut of this YouTube is not there taking a cut of this this is literally Josh saying to Jose hey man I like your podcast so much that while I'm listening to it here I'm willing to give you five cents Satoshi's and it's beautiful it's such a beautiful feeling that we most people don't ever know, you know, that is happening, don't ever experience it. And I think in this new shift that we're moving to, we're going to get a lot of that um, value to value where people are not just going to be numb and hit the like button because it's going to cost them five, 10 Satoshis to hit that like button. Right. So we're going to share things we want to share because it's going to cost us to share. And we're going to skip things that don't, you know, entertain us because it's going to cost us if we interact with those things. And I think that's a better model than just frantically liking, sharing, saying whatever it is that, you know, we want to say nowadays. And and that's what I'm optimistic for going forward, for sure.
1: I mean, fundamentally, the value is created by people like you or me. It's not, it's not created by, uh, don't, don't, don't ever get it twisted that they're the ones who are bringing the, the, the positive things into this situation. It's exactly, (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and it it excites me not only on our level but like you know the music industry and what the the record labels have done to you know artists and how suffocating that you know how how i could pay a company like spotify um, of 9.99 and all the artists get like this minuscule piece of that 9.99 but I spent the majority of the month listening to, let's say Drake, just for an easy example. I spent the majority of the month listening to Drake. How come Drake doesn't get my 999? Why is uh, Taylor Swift getting my 999? I don't listen to Taylor Swift. And once again, going back to this shitty, outdated model that these companies have because they want to intervene. They want to tell us who to listen to, what to do, how to do it. But we just want to get these guys the hell out of here. Let me pay who I want to pay and let them give me the value they want to give me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's, it, it's hilarious that you, you also bring up the spotify model because I, I i am verified on spotify i do i do dabble in the musics and I, you get nothing you get nothing you get absolutely nothing for your streets i mean like this is it's a project that i undertake because i enjoy playing guitar and writing songs but <laughs> you're, no, you're never going to make any money off the back of that unless you have a considerable following like yeah. uh Ek and Co. Who? I think I lost
0: you for a sec. Yeah. Oh, All right, right, I got
1: you. Sorry, <laughs> talking just, about my 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 point thing on Spotify was basically um, Ek and Co. Uh, made it seem as if they'd created like this uh, visionary forward thinking platform that was like going to revolutionize this and like distribute things fairly. And fundamentally what they did was they created the same record label industry thing, but they just made it so that there's one gigantic record label, which is Spotify rather than multiple. It's
0: it's dirty, man. Yeah. Great.
1: great. Yeah. I I love, I love the fact that we had like, the best part of a thousand streams and I got about four cents for it. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's, that's just
0: terrible, man. It's just, listen, if I spend my whole month listening to your band, listening to you, just give you my nine ninety nine. It just makes sense. It, it, you know, but like you said, they want to be the record label. And then the other beef that I have with them specifically, Spotify, is what they're trying to do to the podcast medium is just ridiculous. I mean, you're yeah. trying to, to put everything behind a paywall when podcasting by its original nature was just a free platform where creators like you and I can go on and say, so what they're doing with that is terrible. But this is the thing. How the hell do you, Spotify? And this is an anchor podcast, so they might, <laughs> they might boot me up. How the hell do you, Spotify, determine what a stream is worth. Where is this number made up from? How come we can't see the, the proof, the, the the ledger? How come we can't see how many streams I've actually collected, how many? You guys don't show us any of that information, but you want me to believe that Josh getting a thousand
1: streams is worth four cents. I mean, I, I'm, I'm gonna make a guess. I'm gonna make a, a wild guess here. and I'm, I'm sure this isn't right, but it feels like it's right. I think what they do is they get the money uh, they shave off five percent of the money, and then they go, okay, this gets distributed between all of the streams, maybe evenly, and then they take the ninety-five percent of the money, and they go, this uh, goes to the people in the boardroom, um, because they fundamentally have created the value at the end of the day. You know, did. You, it's it, it, it's it's always uh, it's always the people in the boardroom who definitely 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 deserve that money. Sure, it is the uh, because my favorite thing about Twitter is uh, is uh, when Elliot management uh, pushed them to uh, make it so that they had stories on their platform. And that's a part of the boardroom. Like You you have to give fealty to the boardroom because the people who did that process of uh, deciding that fleets should be a thing, they're clearly the creators in this situation. So, yeah. Unbelievable, man. It is, it is ridiculous and like there's um, it, it, one of the kind of like problematic aspects of this is that like once again, with all of these situations, there are some ways in which you could quite quite easily have a fix to it. Like you could have a platform that was less exploitative and that was more um, teed up so that creators got more stuff. but unfortunately, we find ourselves here. There is a Netflix, there is a Spotify, there is a Twitter, there is a Google, there is a Facebook. And I mean, resist to the best of your ability, bring in the new world and throw out the old.
0: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just decentralize everything, man. I, mean, <laughs> I know that sounds weird. I, I mean, I keep bringing it back up because it's the rabbit hole that i most recently down. But yeah, as soon as uh, back in October, as soon as I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, man, like a lot of the stuff just it pertains in every other avenues. It's not just in finance, right? Uh, But that, you know, as being a creator, as being somebody that has been blocked by Facebook, as being somebody who has tried to, you know, provide for himself and his family and had these big entities basically just give me the big stiff arm and say, nope, uh, you could go sit your butt back there, buddy. Uh, It's just tiring. Uh, It's, you know, I I, I try to preach sovereignty. I agree with you. Um, We need to educate more people, even if they go do nothing with the information, they should know that there is an option to opt out. And I do try to remind people that I was once that guy that said, Oh, I got nothing to hide. They could have the information. And yeah. I'm I'm no longer that guy.
1: <laughs> no one has nothing to hide.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I thought that was the, the clever thing to say. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not this and that. I, I don't need to. But yeah, if if they're gonna prostitute me.
1: <laughs> it's 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 what you get kind of like uh yeah, it's 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 a society it's it's a very, very bad argument, but it's one that we seem to have decided that there is social proof for because if you genuinely had nothing to hide then why are your walls made of brick and why is there a lock on your door
0: right good point but people don't want to talk people don't even want to look in the mirror first and foremost but yeah they, they would never get in that conversation richard <laughs> It's insane, man. Yeah, I, I I applaud everything you guys are doing over there, man. I did check out the uh, the search engine, which you can tell, you know, the followers, uh, the the listeners, how they can get to it and stuff like that. In a second, uh, but I I do I do I, ha- I do have appreciated this conversation, Josh, and I do appreciate anytime I can find myself in these conversations because oh, yeah. I, I I hate to sometimes I feel like I'm alone, right. In, in, in a certain spot where it's like, I'm battling these things and I'm saying these things and I'm advocating for these things, but it's an echo chamber. Nobody's listening. Nobody's, you know, taking action on this stuff. And here I am having a conversation with somebody who's really like-minded. It's refreshing.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe that is the, the, the underlining part of this, like a, what, like a hour and a half that we've kind of spent together is that if, people have listened to this and thought that the points that we've been making, the things we've been talking about resonate with them. Like know that you are not alone. Like they would, there are a lot of people out there who are willing to take the status quo and to take the shiny things that they're given and, 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 and be happy with it. But if you think that there is something fundamentally wrong, With the situation that we find ourselves in when it comes to this current instantiation of the web this gigantic big data model with all of these monopolies we agree with you we we have a similar analysis of this thing and we are going to change it that's the one thing that like i i I, when i sometimes feel a bit down about the enormity of the battle, the enormity of the, the the task, which myself and a bunch of other people have like chucked themselves into. I, I, I just, it's affirmation stuff. You just go, no, 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 no. This is exactly the kind of situation in which they win. This is a winnable battle. This is something that can be done. We can fundamentally change the way in which the web works to make it so that creators, get reimbursed for the things that they're doing so that people can can have open access to information so that the censorship stuff that we talked about doesn't happen like this is all possible and just keep going you you are not alone that is it you are not alone
0: yeah and they need us uh we don't need them that's that's a big one
1: exactly
0: yeah let's understand (laughs) our our value our worth here yeah yeah Josh, um, this has been awesome, man. I hope this ain't the last time we speak because this is such a great conversation. But please let the listeners know, you know, where they could check out the, the search engine, where they could support you guys, the band, anything you want to plug in here, man. Social media. Go for
1: it. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're across all of the traditional social medias. Uh, traditional, once again, mojik. Uh, it's, it's a very, very difficult word to, uh, to find anything else for. It's M-O-J-E-E-K. And mojik.com is the search engine. I I urge you to come and try it out. Try an independent index, see how you like it. If you have any comments on it when you're using it, please boss them through to us. As I said earlier, we are a search engine that very much listens to the people who are using us. If if you think that there is a way in which we can grow better, if you think there is a way in which we can do better, we are all ears and we want to hear you. and no, I, 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 I got my band's called From Adam, uh, but, you know, you, you can listen to it if you want. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned it, so I'm going to drop the name as well. Um, and also, yeah, underlining it again, you're not alone. If you have this assessment of things, you're not alone. Keep on fighting. Find ways in which you can stick it to entities like Facebook and Google because they don't care about you. Other people do. Together, we are strong.
0: I love it. I love it. Guys, I'm going to put all the links in the in the show notes. I'm going to grab those from Josh. Let's get Josh more than four cents from Spotify. Come on, guys. We could, we could do it. <laughs> Let's get a little bit of some royalty going on. even though Spotify is going to eat most of it up. But, <laughs> uh, but but Josh, man, we could go on forever. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Re- reaching out to me because I know it was just one of those emails that just showed up uh, and rescheduling, man. You're awesome to talk to. Uh, I appreciate you guys fighting the good fight. Keep fighting the good fight. Talk to you soon, brother.
1: Thank you.
0: Another great episode. I hope you guys appreciated that conversation. It's a very important conversation. I used to be the guy like you who probably goes around saying that I have nothing to hide on the internet. There's no reason why I should be covering up all my info for all these luxuries that they provide. There's a key reason because it's yours and you should be able to control what you do with that information. As always, guys, if you appreciated this episode, please rate, share, and subscribe so I can continue to have the conversations I love to have and you can continue to get the conversations you love to listen to. As always, take care, guys. Later.